Hello, everybody. Welcome to this convention prep episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast where we watch a randomly selected horror movie every week. I'm Bob. I'm Ben. What's up, Ben? Nothing much. Yeah? Nothing interesting? Nah. No? Okay. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> oh, my God. At least we're recording early. Like, that's, oh, yeah. a, that's a plus. That's a plus. We it's got up early today. It's 6 a.m. It's only no, 445. 4.30. Yeah. Well, whatever. Anything you want to talk about before we get to the podcast, part of the podcast? Mm. I don't think I have anything that's come Nothing up recently really in horror news, specific. horror things. Yeah, to horror. Yeah, I don't really either. Okay. I feel like it's been slow lately. I feel like I haven't really been seeing anything. Actually, I lie. I have one thing. I didn't even send it to you because I didn't think it was that interesting. I saw for the new Five Nights at Freddy's movie, they've started, they showed some like tests of the suit they're using. It straight up looks like they pulled the game model into real life. I swear to God. Well, yeah, when you have a lot of money, I'd hope that's what it looks like. It looks crazy, but I'm I worry that it's not actually going to be scary because <laughs> it looks uh, ridiculous. I think we had our long discussion in an episode a while back. We did, but about Five Nights and Freddy's. But I'll I'll repeat myself because it's been a bit. But I don't think that that's a concept that translates well from a video game to a live-action film because when you see something like Freddy Fazbear in live-action, it's hard to take seriously. It looks insane. The suit does with the dude in it. And I I think that's kind of an issue with anything that's innately not horrifying looking. That's fair. And, you know, you can do it, but you usually don't get scary. You get creepy. Yeah. I mean, I think the classic example of something that shouldn't be scary but is, like, Chucky. Yeah, that's fair. But I would argue he's more creepy and unsettling than yeah. scary, depending on who you are and like when you watch it. But sure, and that's like something that kind of looks humanoid, and so there's that uncanny valley thing going for it. Freddy Fazbear is a Chuck E. Cheese style mascot. That's kind of harder to take seriously as a threat. Yeah, well, I just bring up that they did some tests with the guy in the suit because the suit. You know, how do I put this? That game is not cell shaded, but you can. It looks like a video game. Well, it is a video game. Yeah, I know. But, like, the suit <laughs> looks like they pulled the model out of the game and it's standing. Like, it looks mm. animated in a way. Well, in a really, really are you weird sure way. It wasn't layered with CGI? No, because it's the dude just standing in it. It's a bunch of pictures. I don't know how they did it, but the way they did the shading on the outside of the suit makes it look super fucking weird. I'm very curious what they're going to do with it in the movie, but I just thought I'd bring it up because we talked about that movie on the show. Yeah, I mean, just could be a lot of effort. It could be touched up photos, though. Maybe. I don't know. Because they could have been concept photos. Yeah. I haven't seen them, so. Yeah, I meant to send them to you. I just forgot. Well, um, it's whatever. <sighs> okay. Ready? Uh, yeah. What are we doing today, Ben? Today, uh, we're watching Return of the Living Dead 3. Not part 3. 3. Oh, so the second one is part 2. Yes. And the se- this one's just called 3? Yes. That's dumb. That's so stupid. Blame that it, makes me un- blame it on the second angry. one that just randomly added the part. But you would think that if they did the part thing, they would keep it for you know the next one nah. after this one. Nah, we were like, forget that movie. <laughs> we're on. I part was like the working title from what I could find, and then they just dropped it when they released. I think because a it's longer, but also I'm pretty sure when we were doing the last episode, we kept saying just two. No, I said part two. two. I don't know. It's just more of a mouthful. It's kind of annoying to say, um, but also it usually implies that the first one's a part, and the first one isn't named Return of the Living Dead Part 1. One. Yeah, I guess that's fair. It's just Return of the Living Dead, and so it makes sense for the second one to be Return of the Living Dead 2. Can I be honest? I'm only mad because now my files are named the wrong thing. I, I Because I assumed it was Part 3. You asked me the name, and I said Return of the Living Dead 3. So that's on you. No, no. That's on, Yes. No, it's on whoever named the second movie. You know and what? I'm okay with that. <laughs> not to continue the <laughs> part okay thing with that. three. All right. Uh, you ready? I guess. All right. So this came out in 1993. Oh, it's a 90s movie. Well, okay. Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to put this out here right now. 90s movies do not have a good track record on this show. Think about what we've watched that came out in the 90s. The only thing that's coming to mind is Anaconda. There it is. <laughs> well, that's not the only thing we've seen. I guess Night of the Demons 2 was 1990-something. That mm. movie's okay. But I think those were all late 90s, right? I don't remember. Oh, okay. Straight up, I don't remember. That episode came out fucking forever ago. Wow. Oh, Arachnophobia is 1999, which that movie's not bad. I like that movie. It's a little scary, Good but year. you know. 
I wonder why. It's a good year. <laughs> Bob wasn't born yet. Wow. Ah, damn. Hit him I, where it hurts. Hit him. Hit me right in my. <laughs> nah, Bob's like I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Non-existent zoo to me. Look, by. after watching Live, Night of the Living Dead, Night of the Living Dead, Return of the Living Dead Part Two, <laughs> I kind of not want to exist anymore. You know, I'd be okay with that. See? Fuck that movie. I told you. It's not good. That movie made me... I, you That episode has come out. I'm going to be honest. It's definitely come out. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. That episode has come out so yeah. I can talk about it. Because sometimes we record these out of, like, <laughs> this is a out second, of major yeah, order. This is the second part through that episode. <laughs> I know. If you noticed, I was really quiet during that episode. I was so angry. Yeah, we finished up and I was like, Bob, did, were you not going to say anything? He was like, no. <laughs> no. I didn't... Ha- I didn't... Not even worth it. It's like, Bob, you got to carry your own. I just need you to rage or something. He was like, no. <laughs> I no, I, I was so to, upset. Didn't want to ruin my day. So mad. Do you have anything you want to say about it now? Because we're removed from uh, it. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I figured out why I hate why the zombies look so bad. Why? They don't look real at all. They look like cartoon zombies. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I was trying to put my finger on it in the episode. I was like, why do they? Like, I don't hate it, but it just doesn't work, man. That was the separate episode. Moving on. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, we just did that. Okay. You ready for the description? Oh, sure. The long-awaited sequel to a zombie classic. <laughs> you know what's really funny about that? What? My friend Hunter loves Return of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. And he asked me, he was like, do you like Night of the Living Dead or Return of the Living Dead more? I went, they're very different movies, so I can't really compare oh, them. Oh, completely different. Yeah. Um, But then I was like, that night after we watched that movie, I texted him and said, do not watch Return of the Living Dead Part 2. Skip it and go to 3. He went, why? I went, Two is the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Wait, it's really that bad? <laughs> I'm telling you right now, if he watched that, he would... No. I'm just... I, I had to save him the, the grief. I think you're going to text him after tonight with an opinion. I'm going to be upset. I'm not going to tell you if it's a good opinion or a bad opinion. If we, I but can't. I think you're going to text him. But I've told you I like this movie. That doesn't mean anything to me. Oh, well, fuck you. No, that's not what I mean. That's not... You know don't what? take offense to I'm that. I'm going to hurt you now. Length, an hour and 37 minutes long. <laughs> oh, okay, we're good. It's not that. It's not bad. Also, we're out early. 40. It's fine. Rated R. Okay, that doesn't mean anything either. Review scores. Uh, 5.9 out of 10. Okay. Tomato meter, 55. Okay. Audience score, 40. Ugh. Ugh. You're so down in the dumb. Because the last one sucked. This one's better. Look, these convention prep episodes are starting <laughs> to piss me off. Everything pisses you we off. We got such good movies with Night, Dawn, Day. Then we fucking Halloween 4 and 5. <laughs> and now we're doing this. And I like the first... Here it is. I like the first film. It's good. It's fun. It's great. It's a great <laughs> movie. The second one's ass. <laughs> the third one, hopefully it's better. It's good. I don't... That doesn't... I don't trust you. I don't trust you at all. So for awards, it has three wins and one nomination. Uh, notable actors. Before I get this... By the way, this is the movie we're watching that has an, a person who's going to be at the convention. Oh, sick. Yeah, obviously. I've been wondering when we were going to get to that. We had to get to watch two to get to this one. Oh, we didn't have to watch two. Do you want me to tell you that now or wait till the end? Uh, When do we n- normally do it? I genuinely don't remember. I think it's a toss-up. It's whenever we remember. Let's if, do it now so we don't we forget. If we remember. Okay. Um, I'll, our jaws. I'll just say it when I get to her. All right. Uh, Kent McCord as Colonel John Reynolds. Uh, he was Captain B. Pilgrim in Predator 2. Oh. James T. Callahan as Colonel Peck. He was George Callison from The Governor and J.J. He was on 32 episodes from 1969 to 70. Sarah Douglas as Colonel Sinclair. She was Ursa in Superman, 1978. Ah, okay. Melinda Clark as Julie Walker. She was Jessica Priest in Spawn. And Julie Cooper from The O.C. She was also, like, the person who's going to be at this convention. Oh, okay, cool. I haven't seen Spawn, but I've heard <laughs> mixed opinions. <laughs> well, it's an early superhero movie, so, yeah. you know, those are always kind of a, a mixed bag. I've heard some, like, one of my friends really loves Spawn. The other one really hates it. I, You know, maybe I mean, we'll watch it, because it's, like, horror adjacent, right? Yeah, uh, at least for a superhero movie. I mean, it's in the same boat as, like, okay, uh, Ghost Rider. Yeah. Which is an early superhero movie. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say it's super cheesy. But I love Ghost Rider. But at the same time, if you watch it and you know... A l- enough about Ghost Rider. We've talked like, about this. It's weirdly comic book accurate. It's really good with the comic, That makes man. it seem super goofy, but it's like, nah, that's just how this character that's is. That's just Ghost Rider, when man. When he's not murdering people. Yeah. All like right. the Eminem thing? Yeah. All right. Uh, J. Trevor Edmund as Kurt Reynolds. Uh, he played Danny Dixon. 
and Pumpkinhead 2, Blood Wings. Oh. Uh, Mike Moroff as Santos. He was Hophead and Robocop. I've never seen Robocop. You're a disappointment. I, I, <laughs> sorry, I just don't watch movies, man. I know. Still a disappointment. We're not. Uh, <laughs> yeah? No, it's fine. Sal Lopez as Philippe. Uh, he was T-H-E Rock in Full Meadow Jacket. Could also be pronounced The Rock. <laughs> Never seen that either. Anyway. Sorry, man. <laughs> Donna Lee as store owner. Uh, he was D.K. Park from Dr. Ken. He was on 27 episodes from 2015 to 2017. Uh, and then Kin and Rambo First Blood Part 2. Okay. Uh, Michael Deke as cop number one. What an amazing role. I just kind of want to bring this guy up because he's primarily a special effects guy. Oh, okay. That's cool. Um, he's done like a lot of special effects on a bunch of movies, uh, a number of full moon features, uh, uh, and also a couple of films we've already watched on this podcast. Oh, like what? Did you write them down? Well, here's one that he also acted in. He was King Jack and Deputy Number 10 in Halloween 2. Okay. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. No, oh, never mind. Uh, he was. He also did the. He was the location supervisor, in charge of mechanical and makeup imageries, and on-set supervisor, on From Beyond. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. An actual good movie. And then Brian Peck as ballistic technician, <laughs> and this guy's kind of interesting because he's been in all three films in this oh. franchise. Huh. All three original films: Return, Return Part Two. And Return 3. In 2, he was a featured zombie. Okay. Or special zombie, whichever we want to call it. And then in the original, he was Scuzz. Oh, he was Scuzz in the first one. Okay. Yeah. I actually, cool. That's nice. All right. Director, Brian Usna. I know that name. Who is that? Yeah, you should know that name. He is, he's done a bunch of stuff. But yeah. He's I... associated with, I think where you know him as Reanimator. Uh, he made the sequel. There it is. Uh, Bride of Reanimator. Yep. I recognize the name from something on the podcast. I couldn't remember. It was I was talking about Reanimator. The Bride of Reanimator, sorry. Yep. Uh, he also did Society. Oh. So are you getting a feel for what type of movies oh. that guy makes? Oh, yeah? Like he made this movie. Wonder why I said it was good. I don't want to. Uh, and then the writer was John uh, Penny. He also wrote Hellgate and Legend of the Mummy. I don't know those, but that's fine. Budget is estimated at two million, pretty low. Okay. And then the box office was only fifty four point two thousand. Oh. But I think this had limited release box office. Okay. I thought you were about to say fifty four point two million or something, <laughs> and I was like, No. That's insane. No, it that sucks, man. I didn't that really sucks. I didn't see anything about it, but no, I think it was limited release box office, which means it's fine. Well, th- okay, sure, that's fine. But more what I'm saying is, like, Return is such a high, like, for a lot of people, I think Return of the Living Dead is probably, like, one of their all-time favorite zombie films. Yeah. It's a very popular film. No one on this podcast, though. No, no, no one, not one here. Mine's Day of the Dead. I've already established that. Actually, I even said this, I said this a couple days ago to Hunter. I think Day of the Dead might be my favorite movie ever. Well, I, I think I said it when we were doing Return originally. Like, Day's probably objectively the best zombie movie. And I think it might be my favorite film of all time. But Return is... A great zombie movie in a very different way. They're very different films. That's fair. No, but like Return is so high for a lot of people on the list of zombie films. And then two is Cheeks, man. I I can't see how that got made. But now we're coming around to three. And I don't know how much of the negative, like the limited release stuff and two being so bad affected this film's box office. You know what I mean? So I don't want to judge it very poorly just based purely on how poorly it did in the box office. And you just don't want to take my word for it. No, because I have run... Look, you haven't steered me wrong yet, but I know there's going to be a point where you go, I like this film, and I'll come out of it, I'm going to go, I hated that. Well, yeah, but that's going to be when we're like doing an ocean film. <sighs> or a cannibal film. <sighs> Those are yeah. the films. The films where you have problems with the thing, and I'll be like, I like it, and you're like, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But even then, you're usually a good sport about it. Like, with The Bay, you were a good sport. Yeah, well, going. that's like that movie is still good. Like, right. I can appreciate a film while also hating everything about it. So hear me out. And this, having this a terrible time. This one's... Much better than the sequel we don't talk about. Sure. Okay. I will say, though, what I do know is this is rated R. That's the theatrical version. The VHS version, the home release, was unrated. Oh. I think there's only a difference of, like, 60 seconds, but... Only a minute. I mean, a minute's a lot of time when you're looking at gross shit. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to save the tagline. Oh. Because it... That's new. We haven't done that in a while. Yeah, it kind of has a spoiler. This is also one of those films where it was kind of hard for me to find stuff on. 
Sure. Although I did find a reference to an old uh, copy of Fangoria that has like some production notes from this oh, film. Oh, that's real cool. I need so, to subscribe to Fangoria. I got some of that in here. Um, the film had a 24-day shooting schedule using two camera crews, one for principal photography, one for extensive like second unit FX stuff, uh, and all that was shot at the Santa Clarita Studios in Los Angeles and the Melrose Place filming next door. Okay. That feels like not a lot of time to shoot a movie. 24 days? Yeah, you know, it's actually pretty decent. Is it? I mean, it's not great, but it's not too bad. Apparently, five different FX companies were used on this film due to how like tight the shooting schedule was and the amount of effects used. <laughs> that's so that's something, something to look forward to. I want to talk about that in a second when you're done with your facts. Because there's something you told me that scares me. What? Okay, go ahead. That's all I have for before the movie, I think. Okay. You mentioned Brian Usna, and you mentioned a movie that he made. Yes. Are you specifically referring to Society? Yeah, this is a movie that we have not watched on the show, but you've told me about. I've told you it probably has some of the, the some body horror that you're not going to like. You showed me some some gifs, and Shunting. I almost threw up at work. Mm. There was also some pretty gross body horror stuff in From Beyond. Brian Usna does a good job with body horror. Yeah, I don't want I don't want to see that. Like it's too early in the morning to be throwing up, Benjamin. I really do not need to puke at five o'clock in the morning. I disagree. <laughs> so I'm really hoping. <laughs> I'm really hoping you have that trash can emptied. Uh, it's not empty. Well, it's it's mostly empty. I just don't want to throw up, man. That's it. Like I just wanted to bring up the fact that this guy has made some pretty gross shit, and I don't I don't want to deal with the gross shit. Brad's pretty great. <sighs> A reanimator. God. I haven't seen I like it. it. We haven't seen it. Uh, you've seen it. I haven't. I've seen it. Seen it. I want to watch it. God damn it. One of the ones I was sad we couldn't put on the board. Yeah, well. Because it didn't really fit the uh, very specific category. No. Anyways, uh, I'm going to leave it at that, so we're just going to start this movie. Yeah, I guess we'll uh, see you guys after the movie. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We just finished watching Return of the Living Dead. And, Bob, was it better than two? I didn't even get to say three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but was it was three better than two? It was better, yeah. yeah. It was better. I uh, Spoilers for, well, our, for how we feel about the film. It's not better than the first one. No. But it's better than two. And I think it took me a minute, but I got there. Oh, yeah. No, I... I personally like the first one better, but I did say this on the last episode, so on our review of two, that I could totally see why someone would prefer this film. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, because it's not bad. It's just very different very, than the very, first film. Very different. But not in a bad way, though, at all. Not in a bad way, and unlike two, it feels like it's working within the universe and not doing its own thing. Yeah, it feels like... <sighs> different story, same universe. Not same story, different universe like the second one is. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's very ingrained itself into the world, and I think that that makes it feel better as a film when you look at stuff like Trioxin's around, but it's not just to make zombies. Like yeah. there's really it, there's a reason, and I, I'll say this now: I'm so glad that the military is back in this film, and they're not just dog shit like in two. They're competent. They do stuff. Thank God. Because in the first one, it's like, ah, zombie problem solved. We nuked it. Bob, you just spoiled the first one. Come on, man. We're three movies in, Ben. Yeah, but maybe they hadn't watched it yet. You got to give warnings, man. That's why I'm a better host. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's why. All right. No other reason. Um, well, I wasn't going to say the other reasons. <laughs> I don't know what the other reasons are. It's probably for the best. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm going to move on uh, to giving, like, the description, and then we can get into talking about it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think you might have some specific things you want to talk about, maybe. I yeah. I have some things I want to mention. A couple things here or there. It's kind of a simple plot. Yeah. It's one of those films where I could totally imagine the events of this movie happening a lot faster than they do. Oh, yeah. And so it kind of feels like it's dilly-dallying, but I wasn't bored. No. It's not boring. It's just slow. It's just slow. And I, I think I do need to say that off the bat. But this film starts right off with the action. Uh, basically, we're at a military compound, which is cool because we've always known, like, Trioxin was a military thing, kind of, or at least a government thing. But we've never seen, like, the military directly interacting with it. But, yeah, we're on a military compound that's, like, experimenting with Trioxin. And 
immediately off the back, I need to say that it is the low-budget defense sector of the military because, I mean, this is a project that failed in, like, 69 when the initial outbreak happened and um, has since been an issue with, like, no results. So right off the back, you can tell they have very little budget and resources. But the military's working on this, and... You know, we get to see a little bit of, like, the military doing zombie experiments uh, before we cut to the main characters for the movie, which are... Kurt. Mm-hmm. And Julie. Yep. Uh, who are dating. And how how would I describe these two? Julie is super punk, but she's also, like... I don't want to say, like, an adrenaline junkie, but almost, like, a danger junkie. Yeah. She's like, one of those people that just does shit for the thrill of it, you know? But she's very specifically, and this is like a plot point, turned on by the thought of danger to yeah. herself. Some people are like but that, But also man. just like pain and all that stuff. And um, there's Curtis, her boyfriend, who I think I said to you right before they, they deal with it, is very clearly has just turned punk for his girlfriend. Yeah. And that's about it. That's his character. He's a simp. He is a simp. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That is the extent of his characterization. On God, if Curtis would stop simping, things would not go bad. Oh, this would be a much simpler movie. This would be a much more boring film. If he had a brain cell and <laughs> thought with his brain. Yeah. But, long story short, Curtis's dad is the guy in charge of, like, the triaxin program. And very specifically, they're trying to, like, weaponize zombies, which makes sense. Right. It makes sense, but god damn it. Have they not learned their lesson yet? Well, they've been trying to get something out of this because they know, like, it kind of sucks for the military because they can't get rid of the zombies. Yeah. So it's kind of like we have to spend budget on containment. Might as well try and get something out of them. I don't know why they don't just tase these sons of bitches. Electricity <laughs> seemed to work in the last movie. I don't think that movie's canon. I'm going to be honest. Thank God that movie's not canon. Um, because it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. But long story short, Curtis is a little shit. And steals his dad's security card for the military base. I wouldn't call him a little shit. I would call him a big turd. <laughs> All right. Curtis is a big turd. And he steals his dad's security card for the military base because his girlfriend wants to see what's going on there. She just fucking wants to snoop around that bitch. And so he agrees to do that so that she'll have sex with them. That's basically what's going That's on That's basically here. it. Bad decisions are made because of horny in this movie. So many bad decisions. So many. But they break onto the mili- ba- military base. And they don't even break in. They're allowed inside of the military compound, and then they break into the the restricted section with the card. Yeah, because the dude lets him in because, assumedly, he goes, oh, I'm going to see my dad, and he knows him. So he's like, okay. He's allowed on base, but, like, there's a restricted part of the base where the zombie stuff is happening. And they break into there with the dad's card, and they're able to see some of the zombie experiments. And they almost get caught, like, snooping, but they're able to escape in time. And they manage to, like, get away. Long story short, eventually, like, there's a time skip, but the kid gets into a fight with his dad and decides to leave. Like, he's leaving home. He's running away because he's 16 and he's grungy and he wants to join a band. <laughs> yeah, He's never is... played the drums before, but no, he's going to he be a drummer. He has drum sticks, though. But him and Julie, Curtis and Julie, are driving away on his motorcycle, which he's only had for, like, three weeks, so he definitely doesn't know how to drive no, it very well. absolutely not. And I'm going to be real. What happens next is absolutely Julie's fault. Oh, yeah. Julie, as I said earlier, danger turns her on. So she starts groping Curtis while riding behind him on the motorcycle. I mean, groping, groping Oh, him. yeah. And he's like, stop. Because every time she does it, the motorcycle swerves. And she starts doing it right as a semi is coming towards them. And he loses control of the bike. And instead of going in front of the semi, he hits the guardrail. And Julie's thrown off. Her head hits a telephone pole and breaks her neck. She dies. Yep. Uh, and that's, what, first 10 minutes of the movie? Uh, probably like 15. 15? They snoop around the military base for a while. And I think at this point, Bob, you had this realization of, oh my god, I know what's going to happen. Yeah, bro. Man's got to stop simping. He doesn't stop simping, though. No, he doesn't. He goes, oh god, Julie. Uh, because right right as they were running away, they were having this conversation of, they're going to be together forever. And he's like, ah, I'm going to keep my promise. We're going to be together forever. So he lugs her fire... <laughs> He weakens at Bernie's this body to the military base, lugs it into the zombie testing facility, and trioxins her ass. Mm-hmm. D- like, actually the dumbest thing imaginable. Like, 
I get it, dude. It sucks your girlfriend died. You have no idea what you've just done. No, the, Curtis is peak dumb teenager, except I can't nail down exactly how old he's supposed to be. No, I have no fucking like, idea. Like, I want to say he's around 17. Yeah. But at the same time, he could definitely be 18 or 19 and still living with his dad. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially with his stuff of, like, I'm going to run away. Mm-hmm. And move out. It's like, where are you going to find a job? You you're seem 16 older years than old, like kid. 16, but you act yeah. like your brain isn't fully developed and you're like 16, mm-hmm. 14, you know. But yeah, he brings Julie back. And a lot of the film from this point, and I, I don't think I'm going to get too much into it. No. Is basically him trying to escape with her yeah. from the military. Uh, while Julie basically has this slow descent into madness. Mm-hmm. It's very reminiscent of the slow decline of what Freddie and Frank Frank in the first return film, or mm-hmm. Ed and Joey in the second in return the second film. One. Yeah, I was hoping they would show back up again. I was like, "Come on!" No, they weren't coming back for the third one. I, think I the wish the second they had. one blowed for them so much. But uh, I mean, yeah, that's that's really all it is. Yeah, that's that's basically the rest of the film. And so on that note, I think we're gonna get into a discussion. Mm-hmm. If that. Kinda sounds good. Maybe go watch it. Yeah, check it out. I you'll hear it in my recommendations. It's a very, very different zombie film than I was expecting going in. But it's also just a very different zombie film in general. Like it's not what I thought it was going to be when I thought zombie film. <laughs> no. But it's still enjoyable. I still had a good time. Eventually. Okay. I guess we're gonna actually start talking about the film now. Like some discussion points. Yeah. Do you have anything particular you want to start with? Yeah. I think we should start with somewhere where the where part two fucked up. The zombies in this film look so much better. Yeah, they're the so much better. I I I said it in the start of this when the intro when we talked about this movie the first time. The zombies in the second one look too cartoonish. They're not. They look real enough. They don't have the same like grit that you want from a zombie film. These zombies are gross. No. They're good. They're gross. They're realistic in a lot of ways. They they do a much better job with like the sort of over the top body horror style zombies. Yeah, that's really what they are. They're very much Usna style zombies. Mm-hmm. You've seen a Usna film at this point. Uh, yeah, I have actually. But if you get if you watch a couple of his films, it really seems like his style of like kind of over exaggerated body horror. But it's creatures. believable because of the way he uses the anatomy. But they are believable based on the anatomy. Uh, they do differ from Return Zombies. Um, like OG Return Zombies, mm-hmm. which are a lot more base human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And these ones are kind of like exaggerated human. But unlike the zombies from Return Part 2, they look less fake. They look less cartoonish and yeah. more grounded and gross. Yeah, even though there's a couple of zombies in this that are full practical. And they don't have the blatant realism of like some of the zombies in the original. They're more stylized, but they still look good. Just yeah. more like monsters, I guess is the best way to look at them. Yeah, and I think you made a very good point, and this is something that I actually really enjoy. Uh, I guess, spoiler warning right now, there aren't a lot of zombies in this movie. It's not a horde zombie movie, so every zombie that we get to see is super stylistic and, like, unique, and that's really goddamn cool. Mm -hmm. You can tell a lot of work went into them, which is also fairly impressive because the budget's very low for having as many practical zombies as they do in this film. Oh, yeah. And also, like, a lot of them change with how they get injured, and, it, like, it sticks, you know? Like, you see zombies get, like, fucked up, and then you see them again later, and they're still fucked up in the same way. So it's a very, like... They did a good job keeping track of the little things. Of the little things, but also it's a good progression on just showing zombies get messed up over time when they're, you know, unkillable trioxin zombies. Yep, because those things are scary. Oh, yeah. I think this is a good time to mention, though, that, as always... Our favorite guy, Tarman's here. Tarman is here. He's good in this. I like him more than in two. Yes. So as always, Tarman kind of looks a little bit different. Yeah. But the the main distinguishing thing for him is he comes out of a barrel. And he's, he's always of, in the barrel. And he's, well, it's it's the thing that he comes out of the barrel, and the coming out of the barrel causes him to melt. Yeah. This Tarman is very distinct. Yeah. Because he's less like melty flesh and more like melted fused flesh. Yeah, he like fused together. It's really grotesque. There's a couple zombies and he's one of them. It kind of reminds me of Castle Freak in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. He looks like the Castle Freak. But while he's not like the same melty, lovable, gooey mess from the first one, <laughs> uh, I do like how he looks. It's just yeah, very cool. different. 
Um, especially once he goes through his secondary transformation. Yeah, he has two phases, which I did not expect. His second form, I think, is a lot closer to the original. Well, because it, it exposes a lot more bone, like in the original. Which yeah. is kind of what I was good, missing good from callback. Tarman in part two. That was missing from what was in two. Yeah. Uh, do you have an order for, like, favorite Tarman? Oh, well, two's at the bottom. Really? Yeah. Okay. Honestly, just out of sheer how impressive the practical itself is, three is really impressive. I think one's more impressive than three. Really? Yeah. Just because of the way, like, like you don't expect the transformation of, like, from <laughs> phase one of Tarman to phase two of Tarman, you know what I mean, in this film? And it's really cool. I don't know. It's probably, honestly, it's probably one, three, two. I just, two just doesn't do anything for me. Like, it's impressive, and it looks cool, and he's gross. And I like the way they kept... Because in one, one of my favorite parts about Tarman is are the way his fucking eyes look, popping out of his skull. Well, because he has no skin. Eyelids and everything. Yeah. yeah. And then on in two, they kept that, which I enjoyed. But in three, it doesn't really have that as much. No. I don't know. I think my favorite's obviously one. That's fair. I think That's completely great. fair. One is really good. And it's a good reveal, too, because it's like... He's one of the first, like, grotesque zombies you really see also, in Also, we film. get to watch him melt. Yeah. For the opening credits. It's great. But I have a I have a hard time doing a second and third place. Because I don't like how Tarman from 2 looks. Like, how bulky is and everything. Yeah. However, he's still, like, tar-like. That's fair. He's not very tar-like And Tarman in, in this one is not tar-like. He's just kind of melty. That's fair. So I don't know how I'd order it exactly. But I will say that this one's, I think more impressive mm-hmm. and i like how it looks more i don't ju- i just don't know if it's tar man enough for me that's fair so they're kind of tied for second third whatever it is look there are more and hopefully tar man shows up again and we can talk about him more i want to watch what is it is four rave to the where's rave one to of the them rave to the grave and i want to watch that one because it sounds cool, cool yeah it's a good fucking name do you have anything else you want to mention besides the effects on the zombies besides the fact that it's good gore practical stuff oh yeah yeah, yeah. no nothing else right now okay i'm anything sure you else? have stuff to talk about yeah, but do you have anything else you want to talk about? No, not if we're keeping spoilers light, then no. Okay, all right. So, having mentioned, like, the zombie stuff, I do want to give a spoiler warning for, like, two zombies here. Because I uh. do specifically want to talk about their makeup. Okay. Should I give names? I think we kind of have to. Probably have to. Okay, so, heavy spoilers here, if you care. First one, because you already know this person gets zombified, Julie. Oh, yeah. She has, I think, some of the coolest zombie makeup in this whole movie. Like, her whole thing is that she's trying not to bite Curtis. Yeah. And she needs a distraction to keep herself from, like, raging out with hunger. And so she inflicts pain on herself. You know, self-harm stuff. And, um, you know, that is kind of a a trigger for some people. I know Bob wasn't exactly enjoying it. It's some of the grossest parts of this film, dude. Because oh, it just shows her doing watch it, it, dude. But there's a big reveal when she's basically outfitted herself. Oh, yeah. With what I'm going to describe as metal war paint. So cool. She looks crazy. So, so cool. And I found something, like, facts about it. I'm not sure, like, how accurate it is. But apparently her zombie look required a hundred different pieces. That makes sense. And the original application process took nine hours holy fuck that makes sense she is she is covered in like nails coming out of her skin spikes through her hand like there's so much stuff like tons of piercings of just like metal shit she's found and like shoved through her i could like spend an hour just going through all the things they did to it's her. insane it's insane it's usually the cover photo for this movie. Ah, I see why you kind of spoiler cover photo. And then the other zombie I want to mention again, spoilers here: Riverman. Riverman. I like Riverman. Bob's favorite character. He in might. This movie. He probably is my favorite character. But at the end of the film, they have him strapped in a mech suit. Yeah. So he's a mech zombie, and I just wanted to say that apparently that mech suit weighed seventy-five pounds. Riverman's jacked, bro. Very heavy because it's all metal. It's just a metal fucking like exoskeleton. Because it's just welded down. Yeah, that's crazy. Or are we gonna talk about what happened? Like the river, the thing that makes that cool, or what makes Riverman super cool? Like the practical stuff on that, or are we gonna leave that alone? Because if we're gonna talk about it, I want to talk about it. If you want. So I think the coolest part about the the Riverman exoskeleton is there is basically this is like near the end of the film. He's walking around in the skeleton exoskeleton. He's a zombie, of course. So he's like going ape shit, fighting people, fighting scientists and shit. And, and the mech gives him 
super strength. Mechanism super strength. Because, I mean, that's what they're doing is trying to bioengineer zombies to go into mech suits and just go fuck up the enemy. Yeah. That's what they want. Turns out, really good against you too, bitch. So he's fucking wandering around and just killing Wait, like scientists and shit. Huh? Like the band? Yeah. Okay. And someone, I don't remember, one of the scientists gets a gun and starts shooting him and blowing his limbs off of the exoskeleton, but, like, his hands and stuff stay and they move and he still just walks around and still beats the shit out of people. Yeah, basically they disconnect his limbs, but they're still strapped into the exoskeleton. Yeah, so it's super cool. He looks awesome by the end of the film. Great effects. All right. um, Do you have anything else you want to mention? I mentioned how I liked how the military is more competent. Yeah. There's a little bit of a father-son subplot running throughout this film. Oh, yeah. That you mentioned it. I liked it. I think it adds a lot. It makes, because I'm going to be real. I, I said this earlier. I, <laughs> during the movie at least, I don't like Curtis and Julie that much at the start of the film. But the whole Curtis dad subplot helps me like him more as like a main character. It makes him feel, he's just such a, it's like he doesn't realize the consequences of his actions ever. And it makes me be like, you dumb bitch. Oh, Curtis? Yes. Yeah, he's written like he's 14. Yeah. Or 16. And the fact that his dad's like, no, you you fool. <laughs> you absolute buffoon. But his dad still cares about him and still tries to help him and stuff. And I just, it makes, it humanizes someone who I want to hate. It, because yeah, he's stupid. It's a small subplot, but it's well enough done that it's enjoyable. That it, it, it helps me enjoy the character a lot more. And it's just, yeah, it's a nice little... I don't know, relationship kind of arc there that's good. Yeah. Got anything else? Do we want to talk about how they contain the zombies? Because that's pretty cool in, in my mind. Nah. Nah? Okay, leave it. Do you have anything else? Nope, that's it then. Okay. Then I have one last thing before we wrap up. Okay. And it's a big thing, so I saved it for last. Oh, okay. Ooh. Basically, what we kind of said that this film is very different than like the original Return of the Living Dead, and that's both because... Obviously, there's less zombies, so it's not like a zombie horde movie. But because it's also focusing on, like, these two characters and how one of them slowly, like, zombifying, there's a reason for that. It's because, basically, while Yusna wanted to be a part of, like, the Return franchise, what he was essentially making was a Bride of Frankenstein movie. Oh! Yeah, that's what this movie is. That makes sense. Yeah, and uh, I don't think you've ever seen Bride of Frankenstein. No, I haven't. And you definitely haven't seen uh, The Bride of Reanimator, mm-hmm. which is, you couldn't tell, also a Bride of Frankenstein-inspired movie. But this is a very, very accurate Bride of Frankenstein movie. Oh, really? Yeah. And I think that's a idea you have to know to really appreciate what this movie's trying to do. That's fair. Because it's not trying to be a standard Return of the Living Dead movie. No, it's trying to tell a story of a man who is essentially creating a woman for him to love... But he ends up creating a monster that doesn't want to be here. Yeah. I mean, that's basically the whole story. And I just, I think I need to mention that. Because it's a very good execution and retelling of the, you know, Pride of Frankenstein idea. Hmm. That that makes, hmm, that kind of changes how I feel about the movie a little bit. <laughs> I knew it would. Not having, like, any reference other than just knowing what that you concept. just told me. Yeah. The concept. It does it pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I could I could totally see it. No, it's uh, it's also a very interesting take on a Bride of Frankenstein movie because I spoiler for Bride of Frankenstein here. <laughs> when did that come out? Long time ago. <laughs> I know. But in a lot of those movies, the focus isn't necessarily on the bride, so they don't get a lot of screen time. And this one's really interesting because we focus on Julie from the beginning. Oh yeah. And we get to see her transition very slowly. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, her full zombification would be more like a Bride of Frankenstein movie, but we get to see it happen slowly. Mm -hmm. And so I think this film not only pulls off that kind of homage very well, but I think it also combines, like, a standard Bride of Frankenstein thing where we have, like, our mad scientist that doesn't think things through and our, you know, Curtis. Yeah. Our reluctant monster and Julie. Uh, But it also combines elements of, like, uh, Starcrosser lovers, like, Romeo and Juliet thing. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think it's... It changes up how you view the movie. It does. Which, I mean, that's its own issue, that you have to have that appreciation going in. But I think it definitely explains a lot of the character choices. Like, you're not necessarily supposed to like Curtis, because he's the unlikable kind of mad scientist archetype, Yeah. in a way. Like, he's not thinking through his actions. He just wants the result that goes against nature. Mm-hmm. And while you're not spo- like really intended to like Julie when she's alive, you're supposed to feel sympathy for her because she's like 
suffering. Yeah. And you definitely do because a lot of this movie is Julie basically going, I don't want to mm-hmm. live anymore. Kill me. There, I, and Curtis not letting her. Yeah, basically. I almost said a spoiler, but I'm not going to say that. Yeah. I think that's an important moment in the film. It's also interesting to see like some of the things from when she was alive coming through when she's dead, mm-hmm. but how they're warped. Very like different. How she zombifies herself. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. But yeah, that's an important part of this movie. That's what Yuzna was going for. He really wanted to explore like a bride movie and just like go heavy on the bride stuff. And I mean, he really does. A and lot he of does. this movie, I would say, like Curtis is the main character or whatever, but it's really both of them. Yeah, but he does not steal the stage. No, it's it's Julie. It's Julie's movie. Because she just does like a lot of, I don't, she, her delivery is a lot better a lot more of the time. Like she just feels, I don't know how to put this. She just feels so much more important than Curtis, I guess. Yeah. Which is weird because Curtis is, they're on screen a lot together, but you get a lot more like, the, it feels like Curtis should be the main character, but Julie is definitely more important. <laughs> yeah. If that makes sense. Julie's the main focus. Yeah. She's both the, she's both a character and the monster, so it's kind of that mm-hmm. double. But yeah, I think that's just an important thing to know about this film. Uh, it's why it's different from Return and also technically Return Part 2. Um, it's why it's like very much its own thing. But as we said earlier, it still fits into the universe. Yeah, it still follows the rules that the first movie established. But the differences in tone are because it's trying to do something completely different. Yeah. I think it does a good job at what it set out to do. The issue being is that if you aren't expecting that or aren't able to make the comparison, it yeah. can be a little off-putting. I yeah, think. it can be, but I, I think because it's not a funny movie at no, all. No, and I that, I've kind of missed that a little bit. Uh, that's because Yuzna wasn't required to make this one funny like the previous two. Mm. I think that's partially because they required that for part two, and it Flocked. backfired because part two a wasn't lot. funny. <laughs> it was just well, they went too heavy in the funny. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't funny in the right ways, like th- like the first one was. Yeah. You have anything else? No, I don't think so. Uh, recommendations? If you watched Return of the Living Dead and you've Watch Return of the Living Dead Part 2. Keep going. It gets better. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Watch 3. It's it's so much better than 2. <laughs> or just skip 2. Or just skip 2 and go to 3. I think, honestly, 1 to 3 could be jarring, but it still feels like a return film, so it's not as jarring as 1 to 2. Yeah. And I think one of my biggest recommendations is if you like the idea of unkillable zombies, like if you like the idea of trioxin zombies, this movie does that to a T, I think. Because there are so few of them, they're so much more intense and scary and stylistic. Yeah, especially because you can see like how far their bodies can be pushed and still function. Yeah, like if that is something that interests you, I highly recommend watching three just for like the zombies. To be honest, they're really cool. If you like practical makeup, they do a like like I just said, all the practical zombie makeup in this film is awesome because every zombie is super stylized and unique, so it's super cool. Uh, if you wanted a film where you're watching like a character's slow descent into madness while also trying to fight back against it and not accepting her own fate, super good for that. I think she does an amazing job at being an absolute maniac when needed, but also keep trying to keep a a calm, like trying to keep control when she can. I think she does a very good job jumping between the two. Yeah, and the way they she keeps control while a little unsettling, they do establish on. Like, the first time we see her. Yeah, they do. Uh, if you want a good military movie, I think the military and stuff in this is actually probably some of the most interesting things we see. Oh, they actually have containment procedures. Yeah, how they have containment procedures. and like I love to see. Oh, it's so cool, and man. And they actually work how they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And, like, things go according to plan sometimes because, you know, it's the military. The and only times they don't is when somebody fucks it up. Who and you get... isn't military. Yep. So it's like... <coughs> Garnet. <laughs> So if you're interested in watching a zombie film where the military actually knows what the fuck they're doing and tries to help the situation, highly recommend for that. I think that's probably my favorite part of the film is watching them do containment stuff because I think it's super interesting. Yeah, it's nice to see the military actually like working with the trioxin for once Mm -hmm. and not them losing the trioxin and then someone else working with it. Yeah, I think that's it. Those are my recommendations. General stuff. You want to see good practical stuff. Good monster makeup and everything oh yeah very creative uh each monster feels different and unique for the most part except for a couple of the barrel zombies yeah but they're all melty they start to look similar because they're all melty however they're each one's distinct mm-hmm. aside from that if you kind of want to see like bride of frankenstein 
or just a Frankenstein style of movie. I think this is a good interpretation or at the very least homage. Lots of elements. I was watching this film and I go, oh, yep, that's an homage. That's an homage. Oh, really? Bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I, it's hard to have that talk on the podcast because Bob hasn't seen like any Frankenstein film. Nope. So, you know, maybe we'll watch those eventually. <laughs> I was about to say, we'll get there. If you want to see like a Usna film, if you're a fan of him, this is a pretty good one. Both the movies he's worked on, I've liked. Yeah. And then finally, going on to if you're a fan of the Return franchise, I think this is a decent Return film. It's not, it's very different from the first one. And you could definitely be a big fan of the first Return film, watch this one and hate it. That's fair. But I think you can also watch this film and appreciate it for the things it keeps Mm -hmm. from the franchise while deciding to change up things in tone and style and stuff like that because it's trying to be something different. And like I said, I appreciate that. It's not necessarily what you want, but it does its own thing, and it does it, I think, well. But like I said, if you're a fan of like the Return franchise, if you're a fan of Triax and Zombies, this has got it. You just have to be prepared that this is different. Yeah. Okay. I guess let's do ratings. Okay, I'm in a tough spot because I, I've said a lot of stuff I like about this film, but there are some things I don't like. It's slow, and not in a bad way, but I just think the beginning until like you get past all of the all of the beginning stuff where like they're sneaking the military base and like the all setup. The, the setup, it, I think it's kind of boring. Like, it's a little interesting maybe, but I think the most interesting part of this film is after all that stuff happens and you get to see Julie's slow descent into zombification. Well, the the setup has to be carried on the back of the characters. And honestly, Julie and Curtis aren't characterized very well. No, they're not. They're characterized well enough to carry the zombification stuff. Mm -hmm. And they do. But outside of that, it's kind of hard. Yeah, and that's kind of a a big problem. Because at the the first half of the movie, I was like, this is boring and I don't like it. But then we got to the end and went, okay. When you all see it together, it kind of fits and it works. But if you're someone that can't sit through a slow movie... You might just fall asleep in the first 30 minutes. Oh, like, yeah. Like, for real, for real. Like, it's it's kind of a slog. I also, like, like, I, like Ben said, I like the way the zombies in this film look. And I like the way that they're designed. And I like the, like, fact that there are a few of them and that they're super unique. Something I don't like is they don't feel like return zombies in a lot of ways. They don't do a lot of the same stuff that I'm used to in return zombies. Like, they're still more intelligent than standard zombies. But they're not as intelligent as... Return of the Living Dead zombies. I'd say they're closer in intelligence to part two zombies. Closer, yeah. Which is fine, but one of the coolest parts about Return to me is the fact that the zombies are smart. And they're using... Like, you see them do some similar stuff. Like, they use tools sometimes and stuff like that. But you don't see any of them (laughs) laying plans. I mean, my my whole idea for Return zombies... Is that they're as smart as humans, they're just overcome with pain, and so they can't think most of the time. Yeah. And, like, there are some moments where they, where some zombies do do some stuff that's, I would say, almost akin to spoilers for Day of the Dead here. Some day zombies that have some, like, semblance of, like, life, you know, what they remember in life, they do some stuff like that. Those are just Romero zombies. Yeah. Like, Dawn zombie. Day dudes. Yeah, Day does that. You yeah. said day, right? Yeah, I said day. Okay. Yeah, so that's kind of cool, but it's just like they don't talk. They don't go brains. They don't do any of that stuff, and that is something that is so iconic to return for me that I'm kind of sad that I didn't get to see it. So Yeah, I mean, this film's very tonally different. It is very tonally different. I just would have liked darker. to see some carry through from all that stuff, you know? Fair. Because I think it could fit, and I think it would be fine. Yeah. I mean, it's just, like I said, with the whole tie-in to, like, Frankenstein and stuff, it's a lot more gothic. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. And the zombies in this film fit the gothic theme a lot mm-hmm. more than a... That's why some of them look like the, the castle return freak. stuff would. Yeah. That's why um, it's so dark, and the military base is so, like... Foreboding? Yeah. I was <laughs> and almost castle-like. Yeah. Yeah. So with all that stuff, I think I'm... I, I mean, I still like the film, and I still think, now that I know what it was going for, it achieved its goal quite well. Three and a half. It's pretty solid. And I think I'm giving that extra half point because of just how cool the individual zombies looked, and how much of, like, the stuff from Return of the Living Dead carried over into this film... Like, a lot of the stuff that you see established in the first film comes back, and they and they bring it up, and they, you know, it feels like a much more grounded take on the universe, which I enjoy. Fair. I think, yeah, that's it. Okay. I'm in a weird boat here, because I'm just, like, not sure what to think about this movie, because I have a lot of appreciation for it, but I do know it has its problems. I, I think I'm going to give it a three and a half, and my reasoning there has to do in part with the fact that it's a return film. Uh, same thing with the second one. Basically... 
I think the film does its ghost very well. You know, it sets out to be a bride-style Frankenstein, like, zombie movie. And I think it does that very well. It accomplishes that while mixing in elements from the Return franchise. Um, I think it does a very, very good job of doing that. It also has great practical effects. It does a good job of making unique zombies and all that stuff. And in fact, I think if I was rating it on just, like, practical effects alone and how it meets the premise, I might get a four. Yeah, if this wasn't tied to Return of the Living Dead as a franchise, I could rate it higher. However, it's the fact that it's tied to the Return franchise that kind of hurts the film for me. Because I think the film handles the, all the Return elements very well. Like, it translates them into the more gothic, dark s- story it's trying to tell. I mean, Julie's descent is directly mirroring what happens to Freddy and Frank in the first movie, where, like, she's slowly losing, like, physical abilities and starting to feel more pain and hunger and stuff like that. But my main issue with this film is the fact that while it handles some of the in-universe, like, return stuff very well, it just doesn't feel like a return film. No, not really. And that's what you want from a sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I feel like this is a very good addition to the universe, but not necessarily a good sequel. Yeah, this should be like four or five like a or something. S- it should be a spin-off film, really. Yeah, maybe. Rather than a sequel. That's probably the best way to think about it. But like Bob said, the zombies don't feel necessarily like return zombies. That first one does, actually. I mean, yeah. But overall, yeah. they feel a little different. Additionally, there's none of the, the humor, which I think... I think is a mainstay in the first movie and part of what makes it so good. I don't know. It's just, it's not what you'd expect and it can be kind of disappointing to watch this film right after the original. However, it is pretty decent. And that's, I think why I have to give it a 3.5. Also, there's some issues with the acting. I don't think it's always great. <laughs> yeah. There are some moments where I was just like, God damn it. And the, But I, I'm not sure how much is the writing, which I not necessarily am the biggest fan of. Yeah, the writing overall. The writing feels... It's not bad, but there are some moments where I'm like, they could have tied more shit through. Yeah. And made it a lot tighter. Same thing. There's some budget stuff where it was like, I can tell they didn't have a lot of money, but they handled it the best they could. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. Oh, I don't know. I'm kind of all over. Yeah, mixed bag. But I do think it did the what it was going for, and it has enough to go beyond that. But I do have to take away some points for being in a franchise and not necessarily feeling like that franchise. It, which Two has a very similar problem. Well, no, two... F- feels like it's in the franchise it just definitely isn't (laughs) yeah i guess that's fair it has the flipped problem where they go for like the tone and the premise (sighs) but do not hit any of the in-universe stuff all right on that note i guess we're gonna go to the outtakes i'm not sure how many we'll have yeah Um, we marked quite a few for this one i'm actually surprised to be honest i'm not sure how many we're gonna keep though yeah well you Uh, know only time will tell you'll see yeah we'll uh see you guys in a minute Hello everybody, welcome to the outtake section for this episode of Beware the Board. I hope you're enjoying our review of Return of the Living Dead 3 so far. I like this film, now that I know it's a Bride of Frankenstein thing, it actually sits a lot better with me. But, if you do not want any spoilers from this outtake section, please skip to 1 hour, 1 minute, and 18 seconds immediately. This next clip is me reminding Ben that he forgot something. Can I bring out something? What? You forgot to give the tagline for Return of the Living Dead 3. At, on the episode, and I want to ask for it now, because you said it was a spoiler, but now I want to know what it is. Oh, I told you to remind me, so this is your fault. This is absolutely my fault. I just want to know. She's to die for. Mm, that's that's good, knowing what the movie's about. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take this clip, and I'm going to edit it into that episode, <laughs> from this episode. Can you keep in the part where you're like, yeah, this is totally my fault? Yeah, 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 for <laughs> you know, sure. Add this as an outtake to that episode. No, it's not. it's going to go in the episode. Oh, it has to go at the end anyways. Yeah. Starting as an outtake. Sure. This is a clip from... (laughs) Yeah, but I'm also leaving this in this episode. I'm not removing this. Oh. Well, that's just lazy. (laughs) No, that's funny. That's what it is. I needed a clip of you saying the tagline. You guys listening heard this last week. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. Yeah. (sighs) They don't know what this is from, though. Now they do. They do. Yes, they do. We haven't said anything incriminating yet. Fuck you. 
This next clip is our reaction to Curtis and Julie's terrible decision making. I'm just curious what these kids think they're doing. Snooping on a military base because they're punk and they think that's cool. That's that's straight up what what is happening. Or more specifically, she wants to snoop because of the danger and he's horny. Does that check out? Bad combination of emotions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it causes a lot of stupidity, but it's I know it's real. I'm gonna be real. I know these kids are gonna fuck around and get zombies released somehow. This next clip is my realization as to what Kurt is gonna do with Julie's dead body. Oh no! What's wrong, Bob? What's wrong, Bob? Bob. Bob. Jesus Christ. What's wrong? (laughs) This is going to be so fucking stupid. (laughs) Do you want to explain what's so fucking stupid to the audience? No. Please do. (laughs) Because we're going to talk about it in the post. They'll hear it. I have nothing to say in the moment. I'm just (laughs) up mad because this is going to be dumb. This next clip is our reaction to seeing Tarman for the very first time in this film. Who could it be, Bob? I don't know if I like the way like the way the I don't know if I like this. Well, that that was definitely Tar Tarman. <laughs> Tarman. Tarman. I don't know what he's up to. He, he, him and his usual antics. Um, I don't know if I liked that the Traxon brought her up, brought her back, and she's like cognizant, like completely. Nah, that's canon. Remember, uh, Freddy. And them? I uh, guess that's if you, it's because if you it, take that interpretation that they die instantly from the gas. It's So how, like... Ooh! Ew! Is that Tarman in this? Is that what he looks like? I don't like him. <laughs> He's... Ew! He's, like, fused. Yeah. This next clip is our reaction to seeing the military out and about cleaning up the zombies. Oh, that's such a good half head on him. Yo, this is cool, though. That's actually sick as fuck. They have, like, all the people, like, the contamination unit out and about doing stuff. This next clip is our reaction to watching Julie add some new jewelry to her face. What are you going to do with the spring? Oh, no. Okay, why'd I ask? Why did I ask? <laughs> why did I ask? Stop shoving things into your skin. When is this guy going to realize that bringing his girlfriend back to life was a mistake? I think he's already realized, but he doesn't want to address that he's wrong. This next clip is our reaction to someone severely underestimating Julie. That guy's going to die in there. Yeah. That guy's going to get slaughtered in there. Yeah, but he is attempting to go rape her, so... He thinks he can rape that woman? Well, I think he kind of thinks she's into it. It's hard to tell. He's going to die. Yeah. Oh, come on! Why would you shoot the river man? This next clip is a short conversation about some comparisons between this and Return of the Living Dead. You've created a monster, Curtis. <laughs> yep, there's his noggin. He's still oh, attached. and his body attached. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. This is like, this is if Trash was a murderer. Uh, no, if Suicide was a woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Well, and actually, it's the personality of Trash in Suicide's body. There it is. That's a good... But with... Also kind of still just looks like Trash. Oh, yeah. With the red hair. It's very much a Trash-inspired character, which I like. Yeah, I like that, too. Um, Yeah, you're right. This movie got better. Uh, yeah. She's fucking crazy. 
also just like that one hand is a spike. The other one's a fucking rock. Well, it's a it's a oh. rock that she sewed into her, her hand, hand. Yeah, yeah. like a flail. Um, but yeah, the the first half of the movie is basically a intro for this. This next clip is Ben and I giving a suggestion on what the military should do with Julie. <laughs> well, they're gonna shove her in a barrel. I hope. I hope they put her in a barrel. <laughs> if they don't put her in a barrel, what are they doing? Like, I'm sorry, but I you gotta put you gotta put that somewhere. Barrel her. Barrel her and then like put her deep dark underground somewhere. To see the light of day never again. That really would solve all these issues if they did with like all these people like they do with um nuclear waste. Yeah. Just get rid of it. This next clip is our reaction to watching one of the scientists get engulfed by one of the zombies. Oh. Who could it be? There, there, uh, oh, he's getting pulled into the barrel. That was cool. He got pulled. Whatever's in there has a big mouth. And claws. <laughs> that is not how those work. Not how those <laughs> work. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the outtakes. There were some. Maybe. Lots of, you know what, this one's going to be a lot of, a lot of me going, you. <laughs> And oh ugh. yeah, mostly because Julie she's just screaming at Julie. Yeah, because she just needs to stop. You <laughs> better stop. <laughs> I hate you, man. Oh my god. Do we have any announcements, Benjamin? You oh, know, you have to announce what we're watching next. I actually don't know what it is. I know. I was going to do that. Sorry, I just got really excited but because I forgot that this me. was the last one. You on. interrupted me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Better I don't like sorry. how into that you are. Stop it. Anyways, uh, as always, we have our Friday episodes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, go watch those. Because that's our, our actual podcast. That's the actual show, not this and bullshit. I do think it's better than this, usually. Really? Uh, in format and everything. Well, this is the same format. There's less board stuff. Yeah, it's that's called fair. Beware the board. I guess Kinda we're not really a using a board right now, huh? Okay. Uh, next on our list is... Ice Cream Man. Oh, shit. Clint Howard. Yeah. All right. That'll be cool. All right. On that note, check us out wherever you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcast, other places. Um, we're also on YouTube, which is a great place to listen to us if you want to show us some support because we can see, like, your subscriber counts, your likes. It's also one of the two places that you can communicate with us. Uh, you can do that in the comment section on YouTube or on Twitter. However, Twitter is probably not a great place anymore. So maybe not on Twitter. Listen, it still works. It's just a little broken. <laughs> but Elon Musk needs to stop. You know, please comment with like maybe some movie recommendations. Or we haven't asked for this in a while, and I just thought about it. If you have category ideas for the random category, throw those in the freaking comments. We need them. Like super useful for us. Yeah, that too. Yeah, I I just we haven't mentioned that in a while, and it's important because you know. Kind of up on the end of the season, Ben. Yeah. But it's yeah, scary. Give us your recommendations. No reason to sneak around. We want to hear from you. <laughs> I was wondering how you were going to tie that one in. That was a good one. That was genuinely a sneaky one, Benjamin. Like Ben said, you can communicate with us on Twitter, at Beware the Board. It's where I post updates about the show, important information about the show. Basically, anything you need about the show goes on our Twitter. On Mondays, I post a spoiler post for that week's worth of episodes, which is basically a movie cover that I hide. And you can reveal it to see what it is so you can watch the movie before we do so you don't get any spoilers during the episode. And we're being really vague about stuff. You kind of know what we're talking about. Super useful for you guys. And then on whatever day the episode goes live, whether it be Monday or Saturday or Monday, <laughs> some other day, Friday, <laughs> Tuesday. Tuesday. It was a Tuesday this week. I mean, uh, we're fucking killing it. Wednesday sometimes. Wednesday. Have we gotten a Thursday before? Probably gotten a Thursday. We've probably done a Thursday. I wouldn't doubt We've it. We've probably done every day at this Basically, point. Basically. If an episode comes out and you want to know about it, it gets posted to, on our Twitter the day it comes out with a link. Click the link to go right to the episode. Super convenient for you guys, so if you're missing an upload or wondering when something came out, it's on our Twitter. Let us know maybe if there's another place you'd want us to communicate with you at, because uh, Twitter's falling apart, man. 
And I don't really have anywhere else to communicate with the people. <laughs> Some of you can only view 300 posts a day. No, nah, he got rid of that. It's gone already. Is it already? It's I, I never even saw it. And I'm perma online. Are you sure that's gone already? It's gone. I would have hit it tonight at work. No, so it's higher if you've been there for a while. I don't pay for Twitter Blue Day. I know, it's like 600 or something. It's I didn't hit it. And I was literally doom scrolling all night. Mm. And I have yet, like, I, I'm almost positive it disappeared already. It was there for about two days. Oh. I never experienced it. Well, and I'm now not it's on gone. Twitter, so I don't know. But yeah. Anyways, uh, last thing, check us out on TikTok or YouTube Shorts, whichever one you prefer. You guys can't see it. I mentioned TikTok, and Ben makes a dumb face. And I say YouTube Shorts, and then he starts smiling and nodding yes, like he likes it more. He likes it more because he can actually see it. So yeah, if you like short form content and want to check us out on TikTok at Beware the Board, it's where I post clips from the show. Uh, never, never before seen clips from the show from old episodes because I rescrub old footage for that kind of stuff. So if you're interested in short form content and like the show, check us out on TikTok and YouTube Shorts. I think that's it. All right, see you next time. Yeah, we'll uh, see you guys next time. <laughs>